You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio, where we talk to people who have used cannabis to help them or a loved one deal with a serious health issue. I'm Ian Jessup, and Corey Yellen will be back in the next couple of days. Today, we're talking to Elaine Neusler, the grandmother of little Kyla Williams, who was suffering from many, many seizures a day. And when pharmaceutical drugs weren't working, the family turned to cannabis. Elaine, thanks so much for talking to us today. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. How old was Kyla when the family first noticed there was something wrong with her? Approximately four to six months we were investigating, and we ended up in Children's Hospital at seven months of age. They felt she was having seizures in in her sleep uh, predominantly since about the, the two-month stage. And so what did uh, what did they recommend in terms of treatment for Kyla? Well, we uh, we went the whole route that is pretty typical um, that I now know. We were on many different pharmaceuticals were tried on her until they ended up um, settling on about three different pharmaceutical pharmaceuticals and uh, phenobarbital was one. And uh, we were also on a special diet called the ketogenic diet, which did appear to control her seizures for about six months. They started messing with one of the um, drugs because it's known to cause side effects. Uh, as well, the ketogenic diet can cause the same side effects as Kyla was developing uh, kidney stones. So as soon as that uh, was happening, her whole system started to shut down and she was beginning to reject all the pharmaceuticals. So she ended up what we could estimate roughly 200 to 300 absent seizures a day. She had uh, was diagnosed with intractable epilepsy with um, cortical visual impairment due to abnormal brain activity. So it was very difficult to control those seizures. We were pretty much losing Kyla at that stage. We ended up being told about uh, cannabis and the possibilities. I had no idea. My husband's retired RCMP of what that entailed. So after mentioning it to the doctors, they they suggested it wasn't an option for us. It was illegal and so forth. So we gave that up until we were virtually sent home with a nonstop seizuring child who was who was wasting away in front of us. And uh, my dad actually uh, saw the CNN documentary by Sanjay Gupta and about the kids in Colorado. And so we we got very excited about that. And that, hence, was my, my learning. We touched base with uh, David Hutchinson at that point, and he led us to educate ourselves and appointed us to different dispensaries and what the options were available in Canada legally. Uh, mm-hmm. We came out in the news about that because, uh, of course, it was not legal what we ended up uh, using an oil. Uh, Kyla, the only 
you know, legal form at that time was dried. And of course, you cannot dose and have a child using uh, smokable products. So we searched out an oil. And it was that second oil that we tried that uh, remarkably stopped her seizures within about half an hour. And they totally were gone for the whole time she was on that particular oil. What was the difference between the first oil and the second oil that stopped her seizures? So we were we were very unsure about the whole process and what we really needed, and that's what we've learned over these years is that everyone is different, they have a different system, and but specifically with children and epilepsy, they're very, very sensitive. And so the highest of CBD and the lowest THC level is most effective for most kids with epilepsy. Now, there are some that respond better to THC and THCA, but you have to discover that by using CBD first, which is the non-psychoactive ingredient. We were The first oil was not as high in CBD as the second oil we got. But unfortunately, in Canada at that time, these oils were very inconsistent. Of course, it's a natural plant, depended on the growing, the batch was coming from industrial hemp plant, and from the sativa family of plants, and that's the highest in CBD, so it was up and down. And with Kyla, we could see that her the seizures started to come back a little bit, so she was up to maybe 10 to 20 seizures a day which was a lot better than 200, but we were still not in the place that we are now. So we we kept the search going. We kept trying the oils. We ended up with Charlotte's Web oil, and that is what we use today. Tell, that, listeners, course, tell listeners, Elaine, what the Charlotte's Web is. Charlotte's Web uh, oil was named after a little girl named Charlotte Figgy, and she was um, featured on the the documentary that Sanjay Gupta did. It is a a plant that's grown by the Stanley Brothers down in Colorado, and it's a specific hybrid that they've developed, and they have grown it under very strict outdoors, mind you, because in Colorado it's legal, so they were able to produce um, outdoors as long as the THC level remains below the point. Uh, 0.3%. This oil has, is very stable through their, their work, ongoing science behind it. Um, they've been able to establish a very stable and a very high quality CBD. It has a 30 to 1 ratio, which is most of Canada's producing CBD oils that are around the 20 to 1. That gives you a higher CBD ratio to THC. So CBD is the 30 and THC the 1. And uh, with Kyla, with THC, it causes hyperactivity. It can cause more seizures in some children. So you have to be very cognizant of that part. So the second oil you tried, which uh, worked, and uh, it was high in CBD, low in THC. It was a hemp oil. Do I have that right? Yes. Unfortunately, we could never get back to that oil. We tried, and the same producer was trying. The same plants were <laughs> were supplied. Uh, it still was inconsistent, and and it's because of the growing practices. It's 
it can it, there can be many reasons because it does come from the growing of the plant. We established that when we went down to Colorado and investigated their whole facility and operation and they they grow organically within an organic surrounding uh, farm. They, um, it's under the Colorado Sunshines. It's a hybrid plant that's uh, cloned and plant, hand planted, hand harvested, and then the production of oil is really consistent as well. So it just happens to be a very good quality, very high in CBD product, very stable, and so children seem to respond to it. And it's not just about CBD anymore and THC. It's about terpenes and the other cannabinoids within the plant. Coming from someone who knew nothing about this to someone who understands fully a, a little girl who is now four and a half years old, and if you get one little segment of that, a little change, it can cause some seizures and activity. So being as consistent, it is a natural plant, so we need to keep that in mind because each production is going to be a little different, but um, manipulating it enough that it is able to produce as much stability as possible for these kids is essential. Elaine, what was it like for the family during the time that Kyla was having these seizures, probably over 200 a day? Well, I mean, just think of watching somebody disintegrate. I mean, she was losing all her muscle tone. She was becoming, um, it was, it was horrifying. We just cried endlessly. It was, and it is not just us now that we understand this with, um, we, we started a nonprofit organization called Kyla's Quest. And Kyla's Quest tries to help other kids pay for their medicine, which isn't paid for through Health Canada or through our, our medical system. And so we, we discovered that so many of these children are in similar and even worse condition. Many of them have been palliative. We needed to be as forceful as possible to see that Kyla got what she needed to in order for us to get a quality of life. It was our pediatrician who backed us on this and we were very happy that he was open-minded. He watched Kyla disintegrate and he was very much for trying something that was working on thousands of children in Colorado. We just pushed forward. He wasn't able to help us with product. He wasn't able to help us with understanding why it worked or, or anything. He was learning this himself. So we had to go it alone. And for us, it was a very scary place to be. We didn't know uh, if the oil was going to even cause more seizures, if we were going to overdose. You know, it, I mean, now we're just so comfortable with it because we know it's the place to be. Kyla doesn't use any pharmaceutical drugs now. She does have a seizure probably one or two a month uh, unless she's sick, and then she will develop more serious seizures, and we may have to use a, a pharmaceutical rescue med at that time. But for the most part, we just use more oil, and we are so astounded by the result. Tell me about the, the very first time you gave Kyla cannabis oil. What was that like? Uh, hi, that was 
that was interesting, and I just, my, my daughter and I sat there wondering about the dose, because of course, at that time, it was not a tincture mixed with an oil, it was the pure tar type oil coming from the syringe, and we were told, well, don't do any more than a grain of rice, and so we had to squeeze out this little of of whatever and it was way too much so we had to take some away so we just sat there holding her after giving her um, that first dose and shaking in our boots because we were concerned it was going to do something you know catastrophic and uh, the reaction she had was just there was no reaction to that particular oil it was very simple and easy to use the the only unfortunate part was the the dosing and not being able to figure out the milligrams of CBD she was getting. Now we're able able to accurately dose and we follow that her protocol very closely. But it was a scary place to be. I mean, the stigma around it at that time was still so bad that uh, you know anybody knowing what we were doing, we had no support, and it was. It was a difficult process, for sure. When you gave her the cannabis oil for the very first time and you knew it was working, could you sense that there was some relief within her system? Was there any? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, with the passing out all day, I mean, obviously not doing that, she started to regain her strength. She was, at that time, though, barely two. She was just over two years old, so uh, she wasn't able to talk. She is still nonverbal, and she still is not walking, uh, and she, we were just hoping so that uh, she would be like so many of the children that start advancing quickly. With Kyla, is a very serious situation. It's very difficult to say where we will end up being, but uh, right now she is very disabled. But her condition, she is the strongest and healthiest child that I can imagine with the condition that she has. So she is, uh, it has given her strength. It's given her seizure control and um, the ability to do, the relief on us was almost as big. As the relief on her little body. Yes, I'm. Uh, I was just thinking as, as you were talking that uh, even though she's now only four and a half years old, uh, she could develop. And uh, will she ever become a normal child? Do you think? No, no, that's not the possibility. And and I mean, many of these kids, even Charlotte Figgy, has will often have a catastrophic seizure. They are somewhat disabled from the attack on the brain. This is not a miracle. Uh, It's all about quality of life. And we all deserve the best quality of life we're able to find. It doesn't mean we love her any less. We we treasure her even more. She has shown us a way that has um, I can't even imagine what it would be like with her as a normal child. But we um, we carry on and we advocate because what it has done for us and so many of the children, is, and they're all different. They all have a different effect from this. But um, and many of them have started walking and talking. With Kyla, we just never know. Um, it's, it's difficult to say, but we have been given um, a child again and somebody we can 
uh, relate to and and be a part of her life, whereas before that, I don't think she would be alive today without it. Elaine, does she recognize her mother and father and her grandparents? Oh, definitely. But that's very subtle. You would, <laughs> you have to know Kyla. You have to get into her little space. It's it's taught us a lot about the human condition and how how we take so much for granted. And and I encourage anyone who comes across a child that has a disability in a wheelchair or what have you to get down into their little space and try to reach out to these kids because they do have the feeling and the understanding that that people are around them and they respond to it. They just need to be loved. Mm. Has this uh, situation with Kyla brought your family closer together? Uh, Definitely. We've actually... We understand now what's more important in life, and we, my husband and I had built ourselves a big fancy retirement dream home, and we gave that all up. We've built a house for Kyla. We live in the suite below so we can help uh, during the, the hard times, and, um, and should, you know, she is pretty dependent on us, so it gives my daughter some relief. And so, you know, I would say that's brought us a lot closer together. I can't imagine what it would have been like before, you know, if if things had been different. Um, I don't know anything different, so we just um, we just group together and do our thing. How has your daughter managed through all this? Well, and and she doesn't speak much um, openly. Um, she's. Uh, she's very shy that way, and uh, with Kyla, she has uh, her hands full. Um, however, with our support, she's been able to persevere. Um, her husband um, is up north, uh, you know, a large percentage of the time. So her need for assistance is huge, and uh, so we just all jump in. And but she is a very strong person, and she is certainly grown up a lot since the beginning of this. Your husband, as you mentioned earlier, is an ex-member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP. When you first started discussing the use of cannabis, what was his reaction? Well, he had that um, apprehension uh, that he had been taught that this was a gateway drug, that this is um, bad. Uh, he'd run into the other side of life much in his career, during his career. Those sorts of people oftentimes abuse drugs, including marijuana or cannabis. So he he had the stigma. We both did. But we knew it was something, it had to be something more than just that. Uh, it's it, there are there's a whole different world out there in the medical community, and I have to say, Corey Yellen's story was one of the first that we videos that we watched that helped us understand that this was more than just even for epilepsy, that this was something huge, and that everybody should look at this even as um, a daily maintenance. My husband and I now, when you when you consider where he's come from he says this is not a gateway drug it's a and if you want to call it that it's a gateway to health and happiness it has changed our lives we both use a daily dose of cbd and or cannabidiol a high cbd product and we we find 
all of the benefits of that, and I don't think that you would ever expected that from him before. Yeah, that's interesting. And you mentioned uh, Corey, uh, the co-host of this program. Corey's not uh, here, and we'll be back in a couple of days. But when she was diagnosed with uh, anal canal cancer and they wanted to do radiation, she said, well, what will that do? And they said, well, it will burn your pubic bone and it'll close your orifices, but we can take care of that. And she said, no, thanks. And she started researching cannabis oil and had absolutely no knowledge of uh, cannabis oil. And at the time, as she mentioned, there was very little information. So with everybody, it's a matter of trial and error, isn't it? It's the matter of using uh, maybe a higher CBD and a lower THC, or with some people with cancer, a high THC and a lower CBD. We're all different. All of our systems are different, as you've experienced with Kyla. Exactly. And understanding our endocannabinoid system and why cannabis works is critical for every person looking at this as their option for medicine to understand so that they will persevere and stick with it because it's not an easy route. Um, like I said, we had many different oils and we had a different response with each one. You need to find your own best medicine and that's difficult. Most people want to go to a doctor and get that little white pill. I've gone from uh, going through a bottle of extra strength ibuprofen uh, with in a year, never more than a year, I always went and got the big brand or the big bottle. And now I, I can't tell you how many times I have used ibuprofen in the last year. I think five. It's less, <laughs> five or less times. And I resorted to it for extreme reasons. So, I mean, I feel that anybody... Um, should look at this and understand what pharmaceuticals do to you and the side effects. I'm not saying that they're not appropriate. They are. They're necessary. But when you uh, want to look at your own health, you cannot expect to go to your doctor and have them understand this. There are not enough doctors who specialize in cannabis medicine. And I, I see that as our future. We've come so far in two years. Our government has been more conducive to change. They've allowed us a medical exemption, exemption for um, the, the oil that we need from Colorado. And hopefully in the future, we shouldn't even have to fight for that. CBD is non-psychoactive. It's a Schedule II drug in Canada. And uh, the United Kingdom and the United States both have CBD non-scheduled. So it's allowed to be a dietary supplement. That's where it needs to be. And then let the more uh, involved psychoactive uh, THC medicines be regulated a little a little more and we need quality controls and we need dosing for medicine. It's just such an interesting era, and we're going to see a lot of change, I think, in the next few years. Elaine, when you and your husband started taking cannabis oil, what changes did you feel within your body? So we we started um, very diligently watching our dose and doing the high CBD, not Charlotte's Web, but we've been using a, a product that's produced locally. 
that is very high in CBD and still that really low THC level. Mm -hmm. And both of us, my husband um, retired from the RCMP, so you can imagine the things that he has, the baggage he carries. And he um, has done very well on on that oil. It stabilized him. It helps with the aches and minor aches and pains. Myself, it's migraines. I had migraines. I had um, a blood sugar issue, and it has stabilized me. So it's not to say, you know, it's a miracle, but I haven't had a migraine in a year, and to have that happen is is remarkable. And then it's the aches and the pains and, and also um, knowing the possible preventative uh, aspect of it. My mom died with colon cancer and she had dementia. So in future, what will that do for me? I'm not sure. So uh, you and your husband both noticed a difference. And with you, you were getting uh, migraines. And in the last year, you have not had a migraine. No, I've had an aura. <laughs> and uh, and it was coming on, but um, I just plugged that CBD oil into me that day, and it went away fairly quickly. So I'm I'm very confident that's what you know was preventing it and helping for that situation. Elaine, when you say an aura, explain that. Well, when you get migraines, oftentimes you'll see um, your you you go with split vision and kind of tunnel vision, and uh, it's um, it's a very interesting. Unless you've had a migraine, you kind of, it's difficult to understand. It's the place you go. Oftentimes, people with epilepsy will have an aura before they um, actually have a seizure. So it's all to do with your, you know, your nervous system and what's happening in your brain. So, yeah, definitely controlled all of that over the last year. We've we've known there have been other subtle differences that I'm not going to mention. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's safe to say we're not suggesting for one moment that uh, cannabis oil and high CBD or THC, whatever you use, is a panacea for all diseases. What we're saying no. is that it works for many diseases and it prevents people from having to take uh, pharmaceutical drugs which have an extremely high rate of side effects. Would you agree with right. that? Right. I, I totally agree. Now, when. Totally agree. Elaine, when other parents in similar circumstances hear of what cannabis has done for Kyla, do they contact you to seek advice? Exactly. I'm, I get uh, messages every day with Kyla's Quest specifically because we have a website, and I put on that website Corey's story, as a matter of fact, but I have a few different stories on that uh, Kyla's Quest website that uh, relate to epilepsy and to try and reduce the amount of work um, a parent would have to do to they're they're so overwhelmed with their the, their child's condition that you know they need a place to go where they can quickly find information and understand. So I will get phone calls on a daily basis. I have lots of kids that have been using uh, a high CBD product for their autism as well as ep- epilepsy. But they seem to be in the same spectrum as some doctors have mentioned. So they've um, they've connected with me with really great positive results. Not all the children that I've been and families I've been in touch with have had you know the the greatest result. 
some have been very minor results and others really extreme results. So it, it's really difficult to say, but um, it, there are a lot of families that have come to me to ask questions. I, I don't ever profess to be a doctor or a scientist here. I work with them to help direct them to in the right place because it is so confusing right now. There are not enough doctors who understand. There's not enough information out there and so it is it's a difficult place to be for them so i try to try to help as much as i can given the fact that kyla had so many seizures during a day and now they are infrequent what do your doctors say what does the medical community say to you well, it's interesting because um, her specific pediatrician has, been, like I say, has been supportive. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching the change happen here in Penticton, where we're very close to. I just hosted a um, an event here in September uh, with Kyla's Quest, and uh, we had Dr. David Hepburn. You may know him uh, come and speak. And As a matter of um, fact, I'm, I'm, inter- I'm interviewing uh, Dave uh, for tomorrow's program. Oh, he's an amazing doctor, and yeah. I give him a lot of credit for jumping from um, regular, you know, practice to getting into educating about cannabis. So uh, we had over 200 people, around 200 people, attend this. The majority of these people that were interested in the cannabis uh, as medicine were elderly. So the senior community is approaching me constantly, looking for a way to use cannabis as a medicine and not get high. So that is the biggest concern. And he was able to give a lot of um, very interesting information about that. As well, I had hosted a few different uh, series. We had Dr. Uh, Zach Walsh, and, and he is doing a clinical trial right now on PTSD out of UBCO. And we're very proud of that because it's, there's, it's one of two that are being done in North America and the first of its kind, uh, PTSD and cannabis use and what it can do for those sufferers. It's a great, exciting time that we're in, and I believe that we are moving forward, and our doctors here in Penticton have invited Dr. Hepburn to come back and speak to their group so they can learn and understand as well. Elaine, in conclusion, uh, how can people find out more information about Kyla's website? Can you give us the website address? It's kylasquest.com. And uh, you can reach out to me through that website. And it is also, we are a nonprofit. We are not registered at this time. We're going in that direction. Of course, this has been a kind of a, a touchy subject for registration, but um, I think that uh, we should be able to be good for, to go for that. That, if there was any questions, there's a lot of information about cancer on there. I've got videos and resources and partners that I, I work with. So um, I feel confident uh, you can find some information there that will lead you further to educate yourself, not just for epilepsy, but for every different ailment that there is. Elaine, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you, Ian. It's been a pleasure. That was Elaine Neusler, the grandmother of Kyla Williams. She lives in Summerland, British Columbia. We hope that you enjoy our podcasts and they provide you some value. If you have any suggestions for interviews, send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for listening. 
You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down.